sports fans rejoice. You're listening to My Team, My Voice with MTMV Sports. History in the making in Las Vegas tonight, where luminaries from across the football world have gathered for the first ever Alliance of American Football quarterback draft on CBS Sports Network. And so it begins. The birth of a new league. The dawn of something epic. Huge. Huge. Boom. The Alliance of American Football. The Alliance. The Alliance. An alliance between fans, players, and the game itself. To create a fantastic new professional league. With real football, great football, the kind of football you love. And tonight, the Alliance kicks off with a draft of the most important position on the field. The quarterback. The team that drafts me is going to get a quarterback. It's going to compete every single day. First one in, last one out. Discipline and detail. Electric. A savage competitor. A leader. A winner. History will be written tonight with the first ever quarterback draft of the Alliance of American Football. A new era. A new chapter of great football awaits. The Alliance. The Alliance. The Alliance. And so it begins. Hey, how y'all doing? This is Rick Sincere with MTMV Sports. And today I have with me Tyler Kading from uh, Full Press AAF. Um, Tyler, how you doing, man? Go ahead and introduce yourself to the people. Ah, thanks for having me on. I'm Tyler Kading. Um, I run the, I'm actually running the MLB page for fullpresscoverage.com. I'm also starting the AAF, talking about the new league, which is um, opening up in, I want to say February 9th is the first game. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. You can also find me on Twitter, BearCub712 is my handle for that, or Full Press AAF. Um, is the handle, or, sorry, FBC underscore AAF is the um, AAF handle that I run. All right, that sounds awesome, man. Um, hey, let me let me ask you a question. You're going to talk to us about the AAF. A lot of yeah. people are super excited about it. Um, I saw a ton of, of Twitter activity the night of the draft. What What should people expect from the inaugural season of the AAF? I really wish I could tell you, but I honest, honestly don't know. Um, the way they were talking at the draft and the way a lot of the people, Heinz Ward, Heinz Ward who's the um, essentially the commissioner of the league, he's the one that's running the player personnel side of it. I remember them saying, I'm not sure if it was him, but someone on the broadcast saying that if they lose 40% of their talent to the NFL every year, they're happy with it. So I'm not exactly sure what to expect, whether it's going to merge into an NFL developmental league or whether it's going to actually be a competitor to the NFL. But you can never go wrong with more football, and that's essentially why everyone's so hyped up about it right now. Do you think um, people are looking at this as a possible competitor to the XFL because they'll be running during the same exact time? Or because yeah, I, um, I know the AF don't they don't see themselves as competitors um, to the XFL according to what you know what the owner said. However, does everybody else view it that way? I don't honestly don't buy that they don't see themselves as a competitor to the XFL. I think this is ex- that's exactly what the AAF is. Um, because the person who runs, or who, um, one of the guys who founded it is Charlie, Charlie Ebersol, whose dad, Dick Ebersol, was the um, 
was the executive producer at NBC. He was the one who went into um, the XFL with Vince originally back when it was in 2001, 2002. And when that failed, there was the whole 30 for 30, which happened um, was it a couple of years ago, that they were talking about Dick Ebersol and Vince McMahon trying to get back into business together. Vince announced the XFL without Dick Ebersol in it. And then I want to say a month or two later, maybe not even that, was when they announced the AAF. So I absolutely believe this is a competitor to the XFL, and I think this is a lot better run than the XFL, at least with what we've seen so far. Wow. Yo, that's, that's, this is why we have experts on. Thank you so much for joining us. I didn't know that backstory. All right, cool. So um, there's supposed to be no kickoffs, no extra point, no extra point kicks anyway. Um, how do you think people are going to kind of, you know, vibe with that? I, I, I don't like it, and I don't think a lot of people will like it. But at the end of the day, it's after it starts February 9th, so it's right after the Super Bowl. You get to see more football after the Super Bowl, which is something you – I don't think you've ever had to see since the USFL back in the day, back in like the 80s. So I don't think they really need to do much besides be better than the XFL to have that viewership, and I think that's what they're banking on. Awesome. Hey, there were several, um, you know, announcements prior to the actual um, draft. Who were some of the most exciting signings um, right before the draft? Who's the draw here? So before the draft, we were talking about non-quarterbacks, um, right? Yeah. All right, so the biggest one's Trent Richardson. Um, he was obviously, what, third overall pick by the Browns back in the day, was awful in the NFL, got cut by the Colts like two years after because they traded a first-round pick for him. He's with Birmingham. He's with the Birmingham Iron. He's reunited back with his former um, college teammate, Blake Sims. They won the national championship for one year. They were together at Alabama. I think he's probably the biggest name you're looking for outside of the quarterbacks. The other big one is um, Denard Robinson. Um, oh. I forgot that was going to happen. My bad. Um, the other big one is Denard Robinson um, from old Michigan quarterback. He was with Jacksonville for a while. He's not a quarterback, and he's not listed as a quarterback by the um, AAF. So he's going to be there. He's going to be your um, run, most likely Atlanta starting running back. He has a lot of similarities to Michael Vick, who is the offensive coordinator, who is the offensive coordinator for Atlanta. So shoelace, shoelace is back. Mm-hmm. Yep, he's back. Uh, Oh, that's awesome. I heard you mention Michael Vick. He's an OC for Atlanta. Um, Do you think that's a good draw for people in Atlanta to want to come out and just see him as offense coordinator? Absolutely. I think think so much of this league is based on the coaches, and they got some massive name coaches in there. You have Michael Vick, obviously. He's an offensive coordinator. Brad Childress, who has a ton of NFL experience and success. Mike Martz, Mike Singletary. um, I want to say who else is there. There's, a couple, there's another huge name I keep for, I'm forgetting at this point, but there's a lot of huge coaches' names, and I feel like that's the, as much of a draw as the players are going to be because these guys are have proven themselves. Oh, Steve Spurrier, he's the other one. He's with um, um, the Apollos, Orlando. Yes, though football coach is a really, really big draw. Yeah, I, I, think that's half, I think that's 75% of the battle that the AF is trying to build on is their coaching repertoire. Wow. Um, okay. So everybody, you know, during this time there was a like I said, there was a ton of activity on Twitter. People were going nuts over uh, over the draft. Would you consider the very first draft a success? Yeah. Um I think when you're looking at a I mean, which is essentially at this point a minor league football league, to have that big of a draw, that much hype into it, you never see that with minor league baseball or the G League and basketball. I guess this isn't the exact same thing. 
but there was so much going on. So many people were enjoying seeing their old college quarterbacks being able to play football again. Guys like Blake Sims, who didn't get an NFL job. Matt Sims, who's um, Phil Simpson's son. That was awful in the NFL. You get to watch these guys again. I feel like, yeah, I feel like it's going to, I feel like it was a huge success draft night. Okay. So what were some of the biggest storylines going into the draft? I think just how it was going to play out. Um, I don't think anyone truly knew how, how well this league was going to run or how there's really anything about it. So when you get to the draft, I don't think many people knew any of the names there. There were some big names, Aaron Murray, Christian Hackenberg. Um, also there, Zach Mettenberger was um, available. Scott Tolzien. I think when a lot of people saw this, saw the field, it's obviously not Tom Brady, Drew Brees, any of those guys, but you see the field and you go, I think a lot of people went, whoa, this is actually, like, this is a solid list. This is a talented league. Um, I feel like that was a, the big storyline was just how good this was going to be, whether it's going to be the XFL all over again or whether you're going to have actual talent there, and I think it's the latter. Mm, okay. So coming away from the draft, right, which teams do you think did the best in their quarterback draft? I think the one that's at least most exciting to me to be able to watch would be Memphis. Um, I feel like they did well. I guess they have, they have NFL experience. They're Mike Singletary's team. They have both Christian Hackenberg and Zach Mettenberger, who are obviously two former NFL starters. So whenever you can have that experience, I think they did really well. The other team I think did really well is um, Birmingham, the Iron. Um, Luis Perez, he was their first pick. He's one of the guys that they were at, they were at the draft talking about all the time. He didn't play football until high school. He, he was really did an incredible bowler, and that's what he was planning to do, but then realized that he wanted to play football because all his friends were playing football, became the quarterback, went crazy, was really good, got a scholarship to go to college, played there, and he was in camp with the Rams this, um, this offseason. So he's the, I mean, he's the huge name for Birmingham. They also have Blake Sims, like I mentioned, with Trent Richardson, formerly at Alabama, and Scott Tolzien, who was the Packers' backup. Colts backup last year. He started a game in the NFL last year. He's the only guy to do that. So I feel like Birmingham, they came away really well. They have a bunch of talent. And then obviously if you have two NFL guys like Memphis has, you're going to be in a really good spot. Now, were there any teams who kind of, you know, made some questionable moves based on what you thought they could have done and who was available? Um, Zach Mettenberger, I, I mean, I don't know what round he went in, but I think he went in the fourth, right? Yeah, so, fourth round. Um, and, and him being a name that, you know, people remember and, and, and that can draw, is there any teams that could have done better in their, uh, in their selection? I think most of them could, if we're being completely honest. Um, San Antonio is the one that I think you look at, and you, I really wonder what they're doing. I mean, I wonder how many people have heard of any of their quarterbacks, the, what they got at the draft. Dustin Vaughn, Marquise Williams, Logan Woodside, Dalton Sturm. Um, Logan Woodside, I guess, because he did get drafted. He did get drafted last year, but he didn't do anything in the NFL. He got cut by Cincinnati and didn't get picked back up. And then Marquise Williams started for two years at North Carolina. But those are the only names that have any sort of, like, national recognition. So I, I don't think San Antonio did well at all. Um, that's San Diego. They, they kind of had to take Josh Johnson first overall with how the way the draft works with the whole protector pick. Outside of Josh Johnson, they didn't get anyone. Um, big either. So I think those are probably your, the two you're looking at for disappointing drafts. No, I'm hearing that um, for right now, they're, you're, you're basically, okay, and, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, but 
when a player is available to be signed, you'll normally be signed by a team closest to you in proximity or close to the college you went to. Um, and then if, unless you hadn't been, went to a college, right? So there's, there's some type of um, deal where every team has like four or five colleges that they yeah. can select from. Right? Yeah, how um, how it wor- how the draft worked was there was a it was called protector pick. So if you went to college near the team, the team had an allocation to you. They could choose to use your first their first round pick on you on the player that went to college close to you before the other teams were available. So the first four teams in the draft which were San Diego, Atlanta, Memphis, and San Antonio all chose that route. They chose to go with a local quarterback, which was their right. Other than that, everyone's free game. Okay. Um, how do you think people like that? I feel like it's a great, great thing, especially for this lower-level league, because you you you're going to have people from, let's say, let's say San Diego, because Josh Johnson went to the University of San Diego. You're going to have people showing up at, I'm not sure what stadium, I think they're playing at um, San Diego State Stadium, showing up at that stadium to watch the guy they watched six years ago, or not even like ten years ago, at the University of San Diego. So I think you have that connection and that connection to the local city. I feel like that's going to really help, especially attendance numbers, but just overall growth. This, is, this isn't a, a question, you know, something that I thought about, but I'm thinking about in the moment right now. Um, do you think we'll see any um, – because that seems to be the draw, right? People who you remember from college um, yeah. and people who you haven't seen in a while, you want to see them again. Do you foresee anybody coming um, out of retirement or people who we just haven't heard from in a while? Um, do you see them coming back to this league outside of the people who are already signed? Do you see anybody else coming back, any unexpected um, signings? Yeah, I, I can. Um, a lot of the, like, 30, like, these guys that get caught that are super talented that just don't make it in the NFL, like Trent Richardson, I think that's a perfect example of this, that have a ton of potential – that want to get back to the NFL, but they can't find a team. I feel like you're going to see a lot of those players here in the AAF that are trying to build a name for themselves, get reps, get game time, um, game film that teams, NFL teams are able to look up to try to take the next stepping stone into the NFL. As for recently retired guys, I don't think you're going to see a lot of that, but I think you're going to see a lot of those guys who still want to play in the NFL that just can't. I'm thinking about a first-round bust like Jamarcus Russell, who was, um, who was, coming, you know, starting a comeback, and it just, you know, didn't really work out. Never panned out for him. I wonder if he may try to, you know, hop into this league. Um, definitely, everybody's thinking about a J- Johnny Manziel, who went to the CFL and just did a not great job. Um, and I'm wondering if he pops up, if his name pops up again. Tim Tebow's always trying. Um, you know the name Colin Kaepernick always pops up, but I don't know if he ever, you know, but I don't know yeah. if he'll ever be be here as well. Um, do you think any of those guys make a make a a run at it? I think just think about Johnny Manziel and Tim Tebow. If they're ever going to play football again, it's going to be the XFL because they have the personality, they have the brand. I don't think that mm. those guys will be AAF draws as well as long as the XFL is still there. Um, so I was surprised to, to not see um, Colin Kaepernick um, kind of mentioned in this draft. How did you feel about that? I was too. I was absolutely surprised. I felt like this was a perfect spot for Kaepernick because if he could show that he was an NFL quarterback again, he could help NFL team win, teams win games, I think he'd have, he'd have a shot to get back in the league. So I felt like this was the perfect spot for him. 
I'm really surprised he didn't show up in it, and I think he might if this thing actually takes off for next year. Yeah, and I feel like if he were there, then the draw would have been insane. I, 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 feel, feel, like, I, feel, like, I feel like there's enough people that are – on his side in this, um, which is essentially a political debate. And I feel like he's, I mean, he, he was a really good quarterback. And if he's still that quarterback that I think he probably still is, then yeah, it's going to be a massive draw. But would it also, could it also be a stain on this newly formed league? And maybe they avoided it because it could be a stain because it will um, somewhat isolate a, a large portion of viewers. That's, that's absolutely a possibility, but I feel like, there's enough at this point. I feel like there's enough people that'd be tuned that if you're going to tune in to watch the AAF, you're not going to be turned away from it because Colin Kaepernick's playing. I don't feel like that's the. I feel like you can consider you can make that argument for the NFL. I don't think you can for the AAF. Mm. Okay. Um. So, what were some of the biggest storylines after the draft? Um. I mean, after the draft, I feel like it's a lot of how is this player going to play in back, I mean, back in the city where they rose to fame? Aaron Murray is the perfect example of this. He was, the, he was great at the University of Georgia, um, went to Kansas City after the draft, didn't make the team, was awful. Now he's back in Atlanta. I get, um, University of Georgia is not in Atlanta, but there's a lot of people from Atlanta that went to the University of Georgia that root for the Bulldogs that are able to see now Aaron Murray. And I feel like a lot of this is, how are you going to live back up to your college height and what you had in this city, especially for the local guys? I feel like that's going to be one of the huge storylines. It all revolves around the quarterback. But I think the biggest one is how are these guys actually going to play because if they couldn't make it in the NFL? Mm. Mm. No, I'm, I'm, to be honest with you, when I saw Aaron Murray, um, and, you know, as a, I'm a Saints fan and people who know me know that, um, I was really excited about the possibility of getting him in New Orleans because he's a shorter quarterback. I thought he would have done well behind a Drew Brees when he just didn't make it. And, you know, I completely forgot about him, right? Like, he just yeah. lost my mind completely. Seeing his name pop up in his draft got me excited because I remember liking him so much, right? Um, mm-hmm. and, and I'm hoping that he can do well. I don't think there's one guy in this league, unless you're, unless you're a Jets fan, because basically this league is made of, of half Jets former quarterbacks that were awful, but that you can actually say that you, <laughs> you can say that you don't like. I feel like every quarterback in this league you want to see succeed, which is also really nice. Awesome. Do you foresee um, somewhere in the future them having an all-positions draft? I mean, this is just a quarterback draft. Seems to do pretty well. Um, I mean, I can definitely see other names that would possibly, you know, hype this up. Do you think that you can see an all-position draft at some point, or will they stay away from that model? Um, I feel like there is a possibility for it, but I don't think it's very high. This, before, before you have to have the all-positions draft, the AF has to be established for four or five years at that point because you're going to be doing it. It's going to be all guys that don't get drafted by the NFL or don't get signed undrafted by the NFL that come to the AAF more than likely, because I don't see them as a competitor to the NFL. So I feel like there is a possibility that 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 happens, and it's like a July draft or something like that, because the actual NFL one's in May and June. But I don't think it's very high, at least definitely not in the foreseeable future. Okay. Um, Tell me something, just for you, what has you the most excited about this league? Quite honestly, it's fairly simple. It's football after the Super Bowl. 
I mean, you never get enough football. It's that dead time. It's really, it's this dead time of year that football's over, or NFL's over, basketball's not in the home stretch, hockey's not in the home stretch, baseball, the pitchers and catchers still haven't even reported. February, March, and April have been like the dead months for sports. Now you get to watch competitive football during those times, and I feel like that more than anything is what has me excited about this league, and I feel like that's why this league's going to succeed. Cool. So you you really believe it'll be a competitive league that people would want to watch? I feel like I feel like I don't feel like they're going for a casual. I mean, at least on TV, I don't think they're going for the casual fans. I think they're going for the diehard football fans, and I feel like there's enough of those people that yeah, you're you're going to want to watch it, and it's going to be able to succeed. Awesome, man. I, I'm definitely one of those people. Um, so and I and so are you apparently. <laughs> yeah. So um, oh, I can't, I'm, I can't I'm looking, wait. Yeah, I can't wait. I'm I'm looking forward to it. I want to see new names emerge um, because I know they will. I know there'll be a fantasy football component. I'm kind of excited about that. And so because, I mean, once once the season is done, my fantasy football league is done. And apparently, <laughs> um, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> And apparently I don't have to stop now. I can keep going for a few more exactly. months. Exactly. And that's why I'm hoping the XFL is like May to August or something like that. You just get year-round. They're not competing with you. You get year-round <laughs> football every day. Yeah, and, uh, and what I'm thinking is this, they said this will end right before the draft, right? So this will um, kind of, you know, those dead months, right, they're kind of uh, answer mm. for that. And so um, I don't have the date in front of me. I think it's mid-April. I think it's mid-April is their um, – is there essentially their Super Bowl or their championship? But I don't have the date um, 100% in front of me right now. Well, either way, I'm excited about it. Yo, thank you so much for joining us. You were tremendous, phenomenal information. Thanks and for I having me. And I can't wait to have you on again. Yeah, absolutely. Can you do me a favor and tell us uh, one more time where we can find you, where we can get information from you, uh, and where we can reach you on, on your social networks? All right, you can follow me. On, you can follow me personally on Twitter at bearcub seven one two bear like the animal cub like uh, mini bear. Um, you can follow full press coverage fullpresscoverage dot com. Um, they're the site I write for. FPC underscore AAF is the Twitter feed. We'll be updating with a bunch of AAF stuff as that breaks over there. All right, that's great. Thank you so much, Salah. I truly appreciate you joining us, um, and we look forward to talking to you again as this league develops. And actually, um, when it gets started, I, I really, really hope you know we can get uh, get you back on so we can talk to you as as the season approaches. For sure, let's do it. All right, awesome. Have a great day. All right, thank you. All right next, absolutely. Thank you so much for listening. This is Rick with MTMV Sports signing out. God bless. <laughs>